0: Hi everyone, Adam Cup here with The Back Judge. This is a special edition podcast that is in association with an article I just posted to thebackjudge.com called Pre-Preseason Tiers. So this is a more in-depth look into the reasoning for my tier rankings. Uh, go check it out on the website if you haven't already. If you came here because of the website, I hope you enjoyed the article and I hope you enjoy my more enhanced takes on what I was thinking as I went through my tiers ranking. Enjoy and welcome to a special edition of the back judge podcast. I'm Adam Klepp and today I will be going over my team tears article that I just posted to the Go check it out there, but I kind of wanted to give you an audio enhanced version of the article, maybe go into a little more detail about what I was thinking when I went through it. Uh, And and, and away we go here. So power rankings at this time of year are somewhat a farce. I don't mean to throw away what Shady and Ryan did on our last podcast episode. It was great to hear from those boys, great to hear their rankings, but it's just way too early to know the minute details between these two teams. If you're going to put a team 24 and 25, there's really not much separating those two teams, even teams from maybe 15 to 20. There's really not much to hang your hat on other than your gut feel, which is why I feel that at this point in the season, and we are in the season, we are two to three weeks into the NFL season, everyone. And at this point, I feel like it is more apt to put these teams into tiers, which is what I have done with my personal rankings. So the way I went about this was I put every single NFL team into five tiers. In tier five is the lowest tier, and these teams that if they made the playoffs, it would absolutely stun me. Teams that I see as drafting absolutely in the top 10 in 2020. Teams that even if they do have some bright spots, I ultimately don't maybe even see a vision for the future or anything really positive Uh, in terms of momentum heading forward for these franchises. In in, in Tier 4, these are teams that if they made the playoffs, it would surprise me, um, but they do have some upside. I think there's potential for them if everything breaks the right way that they do have a chance to appear in the playoffs. Then again, it's still pretty unlikely for these franchises. Tier three, I expect these teams to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Uh, This tier is one of my thicker tiers because I feel like there is a strong middle class of the NFL that have strong rosters but have holes in other places, Um, maybe have good coaching but less than great rosters. These are teams that when you see those in the the hunt, on the bubble graphics, when late November, December starts rolling around and you're watching these NFL games, these are the teams that you can expect to see kind of in the hunt or in wild card positions uh, as the season rolls on into January. Tier 2, the the company starts to get a little smaller. These are teams that I expect to be playoff teams in 2019, 2020. Uh, These are teams that I see that have really strong rosters, really strong coaching. And if everything absolutely breaks right for them, I could possibly see a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, But again, these are teams that I expect to be in the playoffs and would be relatively surprised if if they missed out barring uh, an injury to one of their better players. And in tier one is obviously my teams that I feel have a realistic shot at winning the Super Bowl in 2019 and 2020. These are elite teams. Uh, These are teams that do everything the right way, it seems like, and ultimately are the ones that have the best chance to get the NFL's prize. So Let's just get into these tiers, and I'm going to start off with Tier 5. Again, these are teams that if they made the playoffs this season, I would be absolutely stunned. So let's start with the Washington Redskins. Ultimately, with the Redskins, there's just too much dysfunction and too little talent for them to make any noise this season. The whole even Jay Gruden and Trent Williams thing, where Jay Gruden's like, I expect him to be here, and everything you're hearing out of Trent Williams and the reporters are, yeah, he's not showing up. And then it's, oh, the Redskins are looking to trade him. Jay Gruden's like, yeah, I don't think we're going to trade him. Like I, I don't think anyone's talking there. It even goes back to getting Landon Collins. Jay Gruden found out, like the rest of us did, that Landon Collins was on his team. I just – I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins too. I, I He was my favorite quarterback uh, in this draft, and I think he's kind of ending up in a spot where the organization just isn't on the same page, don't really know what they're doing. And uh, because of that, I just – I see them having a difficult time uh, this year. Let's go to the Dolphins. Uh, Miami Dolphins are in Tier 5. There's It's no secret that this team is rebuilding. Um, I think Rosen should start this year just so that they can have an idea of what he is going forward. Unfortunately for him, I think this surrounding uh, cast is, is not so great like it just was in Arizona for him. So I don't know if ultimately Miami is the team that's going to roll with him or even if Rosen is deserving of being an NFL starting quarterback. That kind of remains to be seen. So I think it's in their best interest to start him. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know who he is. He definitely can maybe keep you in some games, but also he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I like Brian Flores. Ultimately, again, though, the roster has a bunch of holes all over it, namely on the offensive line, and I can't see this team making a playoff push. The New York Giants. Uh, I think it's going to go down as one of the worst draft mistakes in history to not get Sam Darnold. Uh, obviously, that was last year's draft, and this year they tried to make up for that with drafting Daniel Jones. One of the more shocking selections that I can even remember watching the draft, and it seemed like many people who had even been studying the draft, like the Mel Kuypers, the Daniel Jeremiahs, were even somewhat stunned by that selection. The People in charge there, Dave Gettleman, bad GM. Pat Shermer, I've been saying it since he was hired, bad head coach. Eli's been a bad quarterback for three years. If I do say so myself, I've been really on the Giants uh, the past three seasons, or the the entirety, entire live of the the entirety of the Back Judge era. And I don't expect to be wrong again this year. No way this team makes the playoffs in 2019. The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Zach Taylor brings some mystique, some unknown to this team where, sure, I guess, if he ends up being a good head coach, I have really no idea. Maybe the Bengals can make some noise. Again, A.J. Green injury does not help them. Jonah Williams injury does not help them. The rest of the teams in the division are clearly better than the Bengals are. So this team just – in my eyes, doesn't have any shot at making the playoffs in, in 2019. Uh, lastly, Denver Broncos, they're the Tier 5 team to me that is the strongest of the rest of them. A 7-9 and nine season wouldn't shock me. I don't see this team being 500 or above mainly just because of Joe Flacco and the lack of offensive firepower that they have. Uh, at the end of the day, the reason that I put this team in this tier of I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs, is that they're in a division with the Chiefs and the Chargers. The idea that you're going to go to L.A., to Kansas City, and they're going to come to you twice, you got to play these teams over and over again, and I just don't see them winning any of those games because those teams are vastly more talented than Denver is. So it's not so much the roster. I love Fangio. I like the defense a lot. It's more of just the situation they're in in the AFC West and the fact that Joe Flacco is your starting quarterback. So let's jump over to Tier 4. Again, these are teams that I find playoff appearances unlikely this year, but at the same time, there are things to maybe hang your hat on, things to be excited about, things that if everything breaks right, playoffs are at least in reaching distance. And let's go to the Arizona Cardinals, who a team for me kind of barely made it into Tier 4 because I think their roster is still really, really shallow, really kind of raw. But Kyler and Cliff give me enough pause, just how unpredictable that this team, this offense, is going to be at least for the first half of the season. Now maybe they're lighting it up weeks one through eight, and then teams get a little film on them. The offense is too simple. They know how to stop it. The defense is on the field too much. There's – a lot of things that can happen for this team, but Kyler is at least an elite athlete, um, an elite thrower. Obviously, the size is still a concern, but with him paired with Cliff Kingsbury, I think that there's enough here for me to say that, well, I think there's a chance they can make the playoffs, although unlikely. The Oakland Raiders uh, just watched the first episode of Hard Knocks on them. I think I might get into it a little later with Lee and Tommy about Last night's Hard Knocks episode, not sure if they watched it. Just not not, not the greatest first episode, uh, to be honest. Not a lot of football, just a lot of kind of fluff. Um, John Gruden is somewhat of an endearing presence. Or not endearing, but uh, um, somebody that is can carry the show a little bit. They're leaning a lot on Jonathan Abram, the rookie out of Mississippi State, and he's kind of just a clown. Um, Not so much interesting or or funny, kind of just a a jester a little bit. So, wasn't a big fan of that first episode. But, anyways, the Oakland Raiders have Antonio Brown. Their roster is a little bit improved over last year. It's the second year of John Gruden. He kind of has his people in place there now. Derek Carr probably is overrated, but at the same time, you can't discount what he has done in the past. Second year under John Gruden, maybe they put it all together. If everything breaks right for this team, I'm sure they can potentially make the playoffs again. That AFC West, like I was talking about uh, just a minute ago with Denver, is so difficult. But Raiders have a little more talent than uh, Denver, at least on the offensive side, which is kind of what matters in this league. The defense is still pretty trash, but we'll, we'll see. Again, not too confident in this Raiders team, but I couldn't just put them in that bottom tier. This will probably be my most controversial uh, team and probably my most controversial take or opinion on the NFL season this year, and that's that I don't really see the Green Bay Packers being a threat in the NFL this year. I think Matt LaFleur is overrated, or even if he's overrated, he's just not even good. Um, the roster is pretty barren. Other than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, there isn't really much to hang your hat on on this roster Sure, you have some pieces on the offensive line, but they're getting a little older. The depth of receiver is an issue. You've drafted so many defensive players, yet the defense doesn't appear to be anything special. Um, And again, going back to Matt LaFleur, I don't believe in him. I think Aaron Rodgers has been injury-prone the last three seasons and that this team could really uh, get into the gutter this year. Caroline Panthers are in this tier as well, and I think this team has the most potential to prove me wrong. Um, I'm not sold on Cam's overall health. The defense has some iffy um, areas, such as the secondary, but Dante Jackson's a good player. Uh, He had a good rookie season, so I think that the secondary could be okay, more so on the back end safeties I'm concerned about. DJ Moore, if he has a breakout season and Cam is super Cam again, I think this team could absolutely get dangerous. I mean, you saw them as a six and two team last year, finished the year 1-7 and because of the Cam shoulder injury. So I think this team maybe left me with a sour taste in my mouth at the end of last season, and I'm kind of punishing them for that. But at the same time, I think the Saints and the Falcons are better than them. Um, Again, Cam's health is a huge question mark. Even if he goes into the season healthy, it's not like he's going to stay healthy the whole season. Um, So that's why I have them in Tier 4. The Baltimore Ravens. For me, this one's pretty simple, and that's Lamar Jackson just isn't an NFL quarterback. You saw the headline from Harbaugh saying Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball 150 times this year or something like, or like there's some over out there, and Harbaugh said bet the over, and it was something like Lamar Jackson having 10 rushing attempts a game. And that so much, I mean, obviously that tells you what an athlete Lamar Jackson is, but it also tells you to me that the coaching staff doesn't have any belief in him to deliver the ball from the pocket. And in the NFL, just on a very basic level, you have to be able to throw the ball from the pocket as a quarterback in this league. That's just how it is. And um, maybe that's one-dimensional thinking by me, but I I don't really think so. Lamar Jackson also isn't very good at protecting himself. Um, Takes a lot of unnecessary hits and pushes uh, when he's on the field running the ball. So I don't believe, and he's he's lean. He's not a big guy like Cam is. So I don't believe in his ability to stay healthy all year if he's running the ball ten times a game. So that's just where I'm at with the Ravens. I think their defense is pretty good, but even then, too, with Lamar Jackson, there's not a ton around him that that can help him out very much. So that's just where I'm at with them. The Tennessee Titans. It's pretty simple here. I like Rabel, but Mariota just isn't it. He just isn't it. The offense is low wattage. A.J. Brown was a good addition. Corey Davis should never have been drafted at number four, but it is what it is. This team, just at the end of the day, is led by Marcus Mariota, and he's soft and isn't proven in the league, and that's going to limit them. And, maybe, I mean, they've been in the playoff hunt in past years. I just kind of see this as a down year for the Titans. The San Francisco 49ers, maybe I'm underrating them, but... Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't exactly proved anything, and you can argue Dante Pettis, but he's got no real legitimate wide-receiving options. You have Kittle, who is an elite tight end, but you really need that person who, on the outside, at third and 12, that you can go to. They don't really have that go-to guy. Um, The defense also, the defensive line, despite all the resources they pumped into it, I guess it should be better with D. Ford, and Nick Bosa in there this year and DeForest Buckner on the inside. But it's been all hype and and no production so far. And the secondary looks pretty bad. So overall with the Niners, just not totally sold. Again, if everything breaks right, a few players um, on the outside, kind of Debo Samuel maybe, have a good season and Kittle's a lead again and they're running the ball well. The defense finds a way to over – you know, overproduce, they could make a playoff push, but just not seeing it this year from them. Lastly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians could absolutely prove me wrong. Bruce Arians, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, like him a lot. The defense is still pretty bad in Tampa. A lot of young players, a lot of people who haven't proven themselves, or a lot of players who, like maybe Noah Spence, have been on the team for a while, have proven that they're not able to play at a good NFL level and they're still on the team so Buccaneers ultimately underwhelming talent uh, on that defensive side yes Arians could work some magic with Winston I'm still not a big fan of Jameis um, also the division is, is really tough obviously Carolina is not going to be an easy out Saints and the Falcons are going to be ahead of them in, t- in the talent department so uh, tough sledding for them this year so let's jump up to, to Tier 3. Uh, this is, as I mentioned before, my meatiest tier. Most of the teams, or there's more teams in this tier than any other tier. And that's just because I kind of see the NFL as having a very strong middle class. Um, you have a lot of teams, other than the maybe the Dolphins, and I guess they have Josh Rosen Most teams have a quarterback in place that they at least believe in or is at least competent. Um, There's a lot of teams with pretty good players on a lot of levels. So at the end of the day, there's just a lot of teams where I'm not sure where they're going to end up. I don't think maybe they're elite, but I have a hard time believing they're going to be picking in the top ten next year. And that's kind of where I see this Tier 3. So let's start out with the Buffalo Bills. And I like the Bills a lot this year. I think they're going to be a frisky out. The defense is really good at all three levels. They're kind of underrated. Um, I loved their draft. at Oliver, Cody Ford, uh, awesome picks. And then you added Devin Singletary in the third round, which will bring some juice to that older line, uh, running backs room. But all this depends on Josh Allen. Uh, last year, a little bit of an athlete playing quarterback, but also had – Some really nice moments. He was able to turn Robert Foster into a legitimate deep threat, and now you have John Brown on the team, who I don't think is getting enough credit for what he did last year in Baltimore. So if he can improve on some of the pretty bad rookie mistakes he made last year, I think this team has a really good chance to maybe make a playoff push for that sixth seed in the AFC. So we'll see. At the end of the day, This team probably has one of the lower floors, potentially, just because of Josh Allen's volatility as a quarterback, but again, I like them. Let's go to the Saints. They're potentially a controversial selection since I'm not pegging them as a Tier 2 squad. Some people may even see them as a Tier 1 team. I just think that Drew Brees has regressed a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's who he used to be. You have... Two straight devastating playoff losses, the Minneapolis Miracle and the Phantom uh, pass interference penalty. I just see this team as missing their window, and it's unfortunate, but that's kind of how things go in the NFL. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last year, Blake Bortles was a disaster. I knew it was going to be a disaster, and you bring in Nick Foles, and I think that's an obvious upgrade. I think the defense is going to return to form now that there is competency on the offensive side. I just think that was such a drag to have nothing going for you. I think you even saw that the year after the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Having Trevor Simeon in there, the defense just didn't care anymore. They knew no matter what they did, the offense couldn't catch up. Uh, So the Jags I I see is having a little bit of a bounce back year. At the end of the day, though, a lack of offensive firepower is going to prevent this team from doing anything more than appearing in the playoffs as a wild card. Again, a lot of things are going to have to break right, but just because of the talent on the defense and Nick Foles' innate ability to kind of overperform, I had to put this team in Tier 3. The New York Jets. Sam Darnold should be getting just as much hype as Baker Mayfield's getting. Uh, The addition of Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder is going to help him immensely, The defense I really like. You have both Quinnen Williams and Leonard Williams along the D line. C.J. Mosley in that linebacker group. Jamal Adams in that safety role. Um, I'm even starting to have a little bit of a football ideology change that I think in this day and age in the NFL where for cornerbacks you can't touch receivers, you can't get physical. It's hard to be an elite corner in the NFL and maybe that their value is a little less. And I would almost rather have an elite safety like an early day Earl Thomas or Jamal Adams um, or Kevin Byard down in Tennessee. I'd rather have one of these guys perhaps than a Patrick Peterson or a Darius Slay, uh, Xavier Rhodes, all of these types of players. Because as a corner, you can just be avoided by an offense. If you're that elite, if you're that good where you're shadowing a number one or maybe your defensive coordinator just wants you to erase the number two like they do a lot in New England, they'll put Stephon Gilmore on a lower-tier receiver or even they did that with Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan just to at least get one position or one player out of the game plan for the offense. With safeties, you can move them around. You can put them anywhere. You can make them affect the game more where – the quarterbacks always have to be aware of where those safeties are, whereas with the corners, it's like, oh, I just looked at this left side. There's Patrick Peterson. I'm not going to throw over there. So that's kind of – sorry for the quick aside there, but I just think these safeties are so much more valuable potentially than, than corners are, and to have a guy like Adams patrolling back there is just going to be huge. The Detroit Lions, baby. I put them in the playoffs. We like Doric Horse Bevel. We like the Hawk. We like Stafford. The defensive line is going to be nasty. Um, I I think that there's honestly less things that have to break right for this team to make the playoffs. They're just in such a slaughterhouse of division that it's going to be harder for them. But last place schedule, underperforming last year, a lot of it's going to come down to Patricia's maturation in year two. He was pretty much a lackluster head coach last year in, in a lot of facets of the game. So hopefully he has learned a little bit from from his mistakes last year. Um, The Lions are a team I'm high on, and maybe it's because I'm a fan of them. But at the same time, I look at this roster, and I think it compares decently to a lot of the top-tier rosters in the NFL. Uh, So that's where I'm at with the Lions. When it goes to their NFC North rival, however, Chicago, it's all about number 10. Uh, I see a natural regression from this defense last year. They're still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. Still going to be a great defense. But you lose Vic Fangio, you lose Bryce Callahan. They had such a ridiculous turnover rate last year, such a ridiculous scoring defense, um, that it is almost impossible to match that again. Again, roster is great. Khalil Mack, uh, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith. I mean, these are legit NFL players. But there's just going to be more on Trubisky's shoulders this year. And I don't think he can carry that weight. So, as I mentioned in the NFC North podcast, the Chicago Bears, or in, in Mitch Trubisky, has dealt with the least amount of points against him in his NFL career than any other quarterback in, in the time span that he's been in the NFL. Something like 17 and a half points a game. Most quarterbacks know going into football games in the NFL, they got to score 28 to win. I don't think Trubisky can do that consistently on a week-to-week basis. The Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, to me, are somewhat the Patriots of the NFC. Obviously, they don't have the amount of rings or pedigree. It's kind of just a slight comparison as in the whole roster doesn't look that good, but I'm just not going to count out Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. These are two elite guys. Um, Bobby Wagner still on this defense. He's an elite player. Although, losing Doug Baldwin's going to hurt. Losing Frank Clark's going to hurt. The path of the playoffs for this team is a little shakier this year. At the same time, though, again, Russell Wilson elite, Pete Carroll elite. Not going to count them out. The Houston Texans. Going to keep this one short and sweet, man. I'm not a big fan of the organization. I'm not a big fan of the head coach, Bill O'Brien. Especially not really a big fan of the roster as a whole. I'm a big fan of number four, Deshaun Watson. And he's the one who keeps them in the playoff conversation year in and year out. And this team is wasting his great rookie contract. Because when it comes time, you're going to have to pay the guy. Cleveland Browns. They have the quarterback and the surrounding talent, but the offensive line, secondary, and overall inexperience of the roster and coaching staff as a whole really worry me. Uh, they're really just not quite there yet, just on that experience level. I don't think this this team is made to make a playoff run quite yet. I could see it, but Freddie Kitchens, inexperienced. Baker Mayfield, inexperienced. Odell Beckham, the one time you went to the playoffs, you went on a boat in Miami on Monday morning, and the whole unit absolutely sucked in the game against the Packers. So, no one on this team has really done anything and that's what's going to prevent me from putting them into a tier two where I expect them to make the playoffs but at at the end of the day this is a super talented group uh and Cleveland should and rightfully is excited about this squad Dallas was a team in tier two but until Ezekiel Elliott shows up to camp I I can't put him there the roster is really good but everything kind of runs through uh, Zeke and at the same time I'm against paying him because I don't think you should pay running backs but He's invaluable to this roster. He's invaluable to this team, and that's the way they built it, and the reckoning has come for them. So roster's really solid. Still definitely should compete, especially in the NFC East, where I think they'll beat up the Giants and the Redskins. It's a two-horse race there. But until Zeke shows up, can't put him in Tier 2. It's time to go to Tier 2, my playoff teams for 2019-2020 NFL season. Circle's getting a little tighter now, and these teams, to me, have the top-level rosters, top-level coaches to get them over that hump of the middle class of this league. So let's kick it off with the Minnesota Vikings, and this is a team that I also referenced in the NFC North podcast as a major contender, just hiding in plain sight. I think last year there was a lot of hype around Kirk Cousins, maybe too much. The John DeFilippo experiment didn't work out. Things just kind of went south for them. At the same time, this year, I think coming in with those less distractions, um, less questions about the team as a whole, you kind of upgraded that offensive line unit pretty nicely, drafting Garrett Bradbury in the first round of the draft, also bringing in Drew Samia from Oklahoma. I think that this team definitely has a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. I think they'll win the NFC North. I think that Mike Zimmer is a heck of a coach. The defense is still in place. All those pieces are still there, and I just like them a lot this year. Los Angeles Chargers. I don't think this team can win a Super Bowl for a bunch of reasons. Uh, They play at the StubHub Center. They seem to be snake bitten. I don't know if Phillip Rivers is quite that elite-level player, but the roster, especially defensively, is just way too talented for this team to miss out on the playoffs. Um, It's going to be a a bloodbath between them and Kansas City, just as it was last year. They didn't win the division last year. They were that fifth seed, went over and beat uh, the Baltimore in the playoffs. And I kind of see the same thing coming from them this year. I think they'll contend for the division crown. I think either a botched snap or a lack of a home field advantage will prevent them from winning the division. And... Maybe win one game, have a first-round exit. I Obviously, I don't see this team as maybe going to the Super Bowl or even an AFC Championship game, but too talented to leave out of the playoffs. The Los Angeles Rams in Tier 2. Even though they made the Super Bowl last year, I know, I know, I know, but I still put them in Tier 2 just because I don't believe in golf when the lights are on. Uh, I think the defense is getting older. Lee is really down on this team like I was last year. I'm not going to be that bold this season mainly just because the NFC West, I kind of just see them as the top dog there. I don't think a team like the 49ers, the Cardinals, are really going to come out of nowhere and threaten. And I think ultimately the Rams will be able to take care of the Seahawks, at least split with them. And so I find it hard to leave them out of uh, a for sure playoff team. The Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a team that now that Antonio Brown is gone, now that Le'Veon Bell is out of town, they can just move forward. Big Ben can still sling it. Don't believe the Murray boys. He led the league in passing yards last year. And I the I know that's a stat, but you see with older quarterbacks such as Drew Brees, this, their team's getting away from running the football, taking more off of his shoulders. Big Ben, they're just putting more on. Okay, This guy can still get it done at a big-time level. James Conner did great last year. I know he has a little bit of a fumbling issue, but he was wonderful as a running back. Juju Smith-Schuster is a legit NFL wide receiver, 1,400 yards last year, 111 receptions. You also have guys like James Washington coming up the pipeline, who I think can have a decent impact in the NFL. Also a guy like Dante Moncrief. Not going to really move the needle too much, but at least a veteran presence, a guy that you know can get the job done on that offense. And the defense, Devin Bush, baby, the back judge, favorite uh, draft prospect. Coming in, he's going to be a great stealer defensively. And, I know the secondary is still a little bit shaky. You brought in uh, Mark Barron and Steven Nelson, though, to kind of plug some holes. Joe Hayden is a little old. I know, I know, I know. And Artie Burns didn't work out. And Sean Davis didn't really pop off like I expected him to. Terrell Edmonds is is decent. Hopefully he can have a, a very much improved sophomore season. But I just think this team has too much experience in an AFC North that is a little inexperienced to not win that division and ultimately make the playoffs. So that does it for Tier 2, and let's jump to Tier 1. These are my teams that I think have a legitimate chance at hoisting the Lombardi Trophy when it's all said and done. And we'll start with the Atlantic Falcons. It's no secret that they're my Super Bowl pick. I like them a lot. Matt Ryan was elite last year despite zero to no supporting cast. I mean, I know you have Julio Jones. I know you have Calvin Ridley, but what I mean by that is the running game was bottom in the league. The offensive line was below average. Injuries all over the place on the defense. Playing behind all the time. I think that now with Dan Quinn calling the shots on defense, I don't think they'll be as injury-ridden. I like them to break out this year and really put their foot on the throats of the NFC South. The Philadelphia Eagles, another just elite roster. Uh, I also think a big reason why I like this team so much is Nick Foles is out of the building. Uh, Not that Nick Foles is a bad teammate. Not that he was trying to start anything in the locker room, but if you're Carson Wentz, you just saw this guy win a Super Bowl and he's sitting behind you. And Wentz now knows with his extension, with Foles out of the building, that he's the captain of the ship. I mean, its I know players say they don't listen to the media. They listen. They hear people talking about, oh, I would trade Wentz and just stick with Foles because he won the youth Super Bowl. You hear that stuff. And it's not correct, but it's still there. It festers in your mind when you have a bad day, bad practice, whatever it may be. And I think that now that he's gone, I think adding to Sean Jackson, the defense has a ton of difference makers. This team is really ready to kind of hit a reset button and make another push for the Super Bowl. The Indianapolis Colts, the, the luck injury is concerning. His injury history as a whole is concerning. But if he's starting week one, this train is going to be rolling from the get-go. The roster is stacked uh, they're way ahead in their rebuild. The people in charge there, Frank Reich and, and uh, Chris Ballard, really just know what they're doing. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the Colts team as a whole. Darius Leonard is a stud. Malik Hooker is a stud. Uh, even guys like uh, Marcus Hunt have, have had nice little breakout seasons. Bringing in Justin Houston was huge too. I mean, there's talent all over this roster. Still maybe one more receiver would be nice, but Luck is a guy that can make things happen. So... Uh, I like this team a lot. The Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, they were a off offsides penalty away from making the Super Bowl last year, and that can't be discounted. Uh, everything is back in place. Tyreek Hill wasn't suspended. I'm not going to go into that. It's just he's on the team. Uh, that's not really what I'm here to, to talk about. And Patrick Mahomes is nobody's flash in the pan. He's the NFL's next all-time great quarterback in my eyes. I mean, the guy is – Tailor made for the era that he's playing in. Uh, so, the Kansas City Chiefs' strong coaching, Andy Reid, sometimes seems like he's snake bitten and can't quite get over the hump. But I expect them to be right back in the mix of things next season. And let's finish off this free solo podcast with the New England Patriots. You have to put them in tier one. Tom Brady's forty-two years old. Rob Gronkowski is gone. The roster looks depleted. They. They're talking about guys like Maurice Morris or something at, at wide receiver doing well for them. I mean, what is going on? But it doesn't matter. It never matters for this team. They always find a way to get it done. Bill Belichick is probably the greatest football mind to ever be in the NFL. Team, I mean, people don't understand how much work that this guy does. He is the head coach of a team. He is the GM of the New England Patriots. This guy grinds so much tape, knows more about the NFL than anybody else. I mean, think about all the people who can't just manage being a head coach. Think about all the people who can't even manage being a GM. And now think that this guy does both of those things, not only does them, but does them at a Hall of Fame level. And that's just ridiculous. So this team is always going to be a mix of things as long as he is the head coach. And that's just where I'm at. So... Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed me free soloing and just kind of sharing my thoughts with you on my team tiers for this pre-preseason.